Hello, and welcome to Toklore. I'm Sarah. Hey, Toklorists. I'm Kiki. Join us as we discover how to save the world through community and cannabis-infused folklore. All while smoking marijuana. notebook, Sarah, and it has these weird things written in it. A notebook? What's written in it? It says, the human whose name is written in this note shall die. Is someone's name in there? You'll have to find out in the next six minutes and 40 seconds. On Toklore. They're called cookie tarts from like Belgian the, boys. Belgian boys, yeah. And there's no weed in them. They're just really good. They're butter cookies with raspberry jam. They're yeah. delicious. So yum. I just makes me want jammy Dodgers more, but like didn't find those. What you smoking? Oh yeah, that's me. I'm smoking a pre-roll called Create, made from the strain Nice Tsunami. And this one is uh, CBD heavy with a bit of a back-end sativa. How does it taste? Um, Pretty good. The last bit of the pre-roll is pretty loose, so the leaves are burning really hot, so it makes me cough. Yeah, and it's probably not staying lit for very long. Yeah, it's a little harsh. But the first half of it was lovely. It's just making everything feel very mm, relaxed, mellow. I'm smoking Gary Payton. What? Mm-hmm. It's got 30% THC. Ooh. It's a sativa. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a Jack Herrera as a backup. I do, I do too. Yeah. I do, too. That's not funny. We didn't even do that intentionally. Yeah, we didn't we even go both... to the same dispensary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine's from Grown Rogue. Yours is from, what was yours from? East Fork? East Fork. They're in Illinois Valley, Oregon. I like their llama. Yeah, their logos, their logos have got a llama or alpaca on it. So you can... The silhouette is difficult to differentiate because they're really, it's mostly Do you just get the size. pun in alpaca? Alpaca bowl? Alpaca bowl! <laughs> That's adorable! <laughs> I feel there like is no that alpaca in the name. But. I feel like it definitely has to be an alpaca for that pun's reason. This one's pretty cool too. It is. Um, it's actually what <clears throat> not a common one to find, but it's kind of nice that they're finding places to actually have these grown under the sun. So this is sun grown in Oregon's Illinois Valley, meaning it wasn't grown inside of a building or a greenhouse. It's grown outside. Anyways, that's all. When I drove through Eastern Oregon, it's surprising the number of cannabis fields we drove past coming in from Idaho. It's really, I mean, it's an interesting because it's the high desert, so they have a very consistent arid mm. climate that they seem to really thrive in. Interesting. Yeah. We have to, we got to go on one of those. Anywho. Who do do? It's, Next. it's May. It is May. It's Woo. May for you. Welcome, May. It may not be for us. <laughs> 
hey, but that's okay because <laughs> uh, we like to plan ahead. Yeah, we're doing a good job. Uh, so happy is it Asian Pacific Islander American Asian Pacific, Asian American, American Pacific, Pacific Islander, Islander month month yeah so we wanted to pick a topic that's linked to an Asian American culture that um, definitely has its roots in is it Chinese or is it Japanese Japanese thank you with some western influence thrown right in so I don't actually think we've done anything Adam, any covered anything out of? Oh, nope. nope that was Chinese. Mister Vampire, Zheng Shi. Zheng Shi was not Chinese. Yeah, that was Chinese. It was Mon- Malaysian. Oh yeah. Oh no, the Indonesian. Zheng Shi, the Hopping Vampire, is Chinese. Oh yes, Zheng Shi. The... And I'm thinking of the the oh shit, Pontianak. Thank God, yeah, I remembered. No. <laughs> For some reason, my brain is conv- was confusing those names. Yeah. Yeah. No, Pontianak, Malaysian, and Indonesian. Which I'm going to, I'll put the episode, or you can just scroll down in your feed and you can also listen to those episodes if you want to throw some more um, Asian influence in your life this month. There's also one that we haven't had a chance to cover yet, but I want to tease her just briefly because she's not a psychopomp and she wasn't a revenant. And so Mm -hmm. we couldn't. Um, we couldn't cover her story, but uh, keep an keep an ear out for the. F- it's um, really common in the Philippine Islands, and I think that other tribal cultures surrounding those outlying areas have a variation of the Aswang. Mm. And she looks very different in from tribe to tribe, even in how the story of what she looks like. But mm. it's it's like a Filipino vampire mm-hmm. that can separate their body and go fly off. With just their top half, you know, like one does. Anyways, we're not talking oh, about her tonight. It's an interesting gift to have. Who are we talking about tonight, Kiki? We will be talking about Shinigami. I don't know oh. if you guys recognize the little intro that we put in there, but that was the first rule of in the Death Note book from the anime, which is also manga. Well, it Death came. Note. It comes from the manga. Yeah. yeah. So. I watched the show. Sarah's read the manga. Not a lot, but I have read the manga, like the Mm -hmm. first couple of books. Yeah. I really enjoyed the show. I watched it all the way through. By the time I got to the end, I was like, yeah, this was inevitable, actually, from the beginning. But I'm not going to spoil it. (laughs) Good. (laughs) It's an interesting concept, but, you know, it is actually based in in an older culture. Mm -hmm. And uh, Shinigamis are actually psychopumps. Yes, they so, are psychopomps. So Shinigami is the combination of the word she and kami. And those mean death and God, respectively. Or you can also say death spirit. So kami is a very all-encompassing, all-encompassing word that is really hard to translate into English correctly. So um, you can go between the two very easily. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they... It makes me wonder what the breakdown of the word kamikaze comes from, because that would imply something to do with the spirit or death. Kamikaze pilots. We don't need to make sure that this is in here unless we can get the information correct, because I'd um, like to make sure we're not misrepresenting. You, but Have you heard of the anime uh, Kaze no Stigma? Yeah. I wonder if, if that... I do love that about language, where you start... 
before you know a language, you start to see the similarities and things that start helping you better understand a culture and, and, a, and a language, how it's being used. And it might be what might be happening is that um, though in English, they look like they're from the same word to us. But in Japanese, you can have the same pronunciation for um, different various combinations of different uh, kanji. Yeah. And how it's being used is what informs you of what it's actually in, mm -hmm. in meaning is. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So because we don't know the kanji and we don't read that language, we don't know if kamikaze and kaze no stigma are related, though they sound like it. And I would be really interested to know if there are any Japanese speakers that um, can enlighten us. Otherwise, we'll look it up and we'll probably make a mention of it in the next episode. Kauki break. <laughs> Sorry. Eating cookies, trying not to smack my lips in the mic. Yeah, I really, okay. I don't enjoy hearing people eat in my face. Yeah, sorry. If that's offensive. We'll <laughs> try to stop. It's hard not to, though. We're yeah. stoned. Okay. So tell me more. This is too small for me to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it get. was a lot of information. So in they come from the a combination of the Shinto religion, which is the native Japanese religion, and um, most likely also Western influence. So in the Shinto religion, natural elements such as trees, waterfalls, like those sort of things are believed to have a kami or a spirit residing within them. Mm -hmm. And so you'll often find uh, shrines next to waterfalls or near these natural elements. It's, I think it's rather beautiful and I think it, I think it's very similar to maybe how um, indigenous Native Americans before <laughs> before colonials came, probably how their relationship was to the land. It was way more than just it's a commodity. It's a living thing mm -hmm. to honor. So, Well, and even in Western cultures, there was historically a time where they did that as well. But more shamanistic religions, mm -hmm. I think, do that But they for were sure. definitely, a lot of them sort of stamped out because of conquering nations and yeah i don't want to say the word progress but um, there's just, the, the, this... just a new influences just and sometimes those new influences are violent sometimes not so violent um, but historically and, speaking the ones we hear a lot about are the more violent ones yes i will say that there are some instances where it wasn't um, but moving on from that so as relevant I was, rabbit hole <laughs> a little bit uh, so we were talking about how Shini, Shinto is very nature-based uh, religion. It also lacks like a Bible. It lacks preachings and those sort of things. So it's a very, very different sort of religion than we're used to. And Shinigami aren't mentioned before the 18th or the 19th century in any literature. Interesting. So they're very new. The 18th and 19th centuries covers the Edo period. Mm -hmm. I don't know much about Japanese history, but hey, I know there's Brandon out there that knows about it. Yeah. <laughs> from our yokai episodes. So make mm -hmm. sure to go check that out. Uh, well, I know I'm that there are. Pretty sure you guys talk about I it. I don't know the names of the different periods, but I know that one of them in particular, they stayed very closed off from the outside world. And then another is like they're opening back up to the rest of the world and. I'm I just, think the Edo is probably when they were. I'm thinking about to... the um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie where they go back into. I'm pretty sure it was the Edo period. Yeah, and there was a Western bad guy selling arms. 
That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, but the Western culture would have introduced the idea of a Grim Reaper. Mm -hmm. And you can see if you've ever seen (laughs) any pictures of Death Note, if you've Googled it just in the last couple of minutes and you see what they look like, you're kind of like, yeah, those are really terrifying. And I could see some how some look similar to a Grim Reaper. Um, Or an angel of death. mm -hmm. So you, you know, regularly have seen like actual creepy mummified looking angels with wings. (laughs) Isn't that right? They are very creepy. Yeah. But they, but I, I genuinely see it's kind of one of those neat opportunities of seeing two cultures blending where there is still a deep historical ancestral piece that is brought along to appropriating this new concept where they're like, yeah, actually, I've not seen that kind of iconography before, but that speaks to me because of this part of mm-hmm. our lives and our cultures yes. and what we believe, kind of like how voodoo and uh, Catholicism have these like marrying of ideas or, or iconographies because they, they mesh well. I think it's similar to what happened between Shinto and Buddhism. Buddhism didn't wipe out Shinto. It just kind of enfolded itself around it. Which and is the nature of Buddhism. It's, yeah. It's more of a ideology so that, and less of so a So that's religion. to say that yeah. the Japanese are kind of used to enfolding other cultural influences into, into their own. And making it their own. Yeah, and doing a really unique job of it, I feel. Like, they find a way of bringing their own culture and artistry to it, whereas, for instance, in comparison, American cultures will appropriate things and butcher it for money, making money rather right. than, than any kind of artistic, cultural need for making it relevant to themselves. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot more thought and care put into it, I think. Yes. Or can be. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just us vilifying ourselves. <laughs> um, back to the Shinigami. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> just similar, so similar to the Grim Reaper and other psychopomps, they appear when someone is about to die. And instead of like kind of ushering them into the afterlife or like how cruel the Grim Reaper does it and just kind of reaps you. Takes you with you like it or not. Yeah. He's like, no, you want to come? He invites you to death instead of forcing you to die. And so it it still it gives humans agency in their own destiny and ability to choose how they're going to die. Interesting. Mhm. That's kind of cool. That that is kind of a unique spin on the rules of the death note from the show from the manga. Mhm. as well. Because in the sh- the, the show at least there was no choice. It wasn't an invite. It was, I write your name, you die, period. But the but this is sort of a mirroring of this agency. You see what I mean? It's not their mm. own death, but they can mm-hmm. put themselves in the book. In fact, I'm pretty sure someone does at some point in the series, in the manga. I'm not sure about the cartoon. I think so, too. I f- I, but I, it's been a while since I've watched the entire series. But the fact that, that suddenly someone is is surprised by finding they have this power, this agency, and it might be over other people's lives. It's taking a twist on that. But imagine reflectively if you had that agency and power over yourself and the choices you made Mm. in life. Mm. Yeah. So because they only appear when someone's about to die, it's nobody really knows what they look like, and it's possible that they may change what they may look like from person to person. I think it's fascinating that 
that no one knows actually what they look like, but there's so many different types of representations out there that are really obviously mashups of multiple different versions, different cultures, similar versions of where you have the mummy, mummified, dark angel of death, spirit thing. <laughs> or sometimes she shows up as just a kid, right? I mean, one, is, one of the Shinigamis in the, in the series was a girl, like a young girl, unassuming. Yeah. Even Sandman does uh, his character. She's not called Shinigami. She's just death. But still, there's some weight to that when you're a representation of mortality. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the the simple naivety of it is death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> Chatty weed. Chatty weed. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, it's making my, my thoughts spread out a little too far. Anyways. So I have a Shinigami story, and I swear this story sounds so familiar to an Eastern European story that I heard, and I can't recall the name of the story, and I didn't make time to Google it. So somebody out there will have to message us and let me know because it's going to drive me insane. Okay, so here's my Shinigami story. It's a pretty common one, so it'll sound very familiar. I'm positive to most of you. So one day, a man decided to commit suicide, and a Shinigami appeared to him. It explained that it wasn't the man's destined time to die because his candle hadn't burned down. He told him a secret to help him earn money quickly. He said that Shinigami appear when someone is close to death. When they are at the foot of the bed, the person's candle has not burned down, and the Shinigami can be sent away with special words. If the Shinigami is at the head of the bed, the person's candle has burned down and it's their time to die. So no matter what he's going to do, he can't save that person. So the man pretends to be a doctor and he'd be called to the deathbed of many people. And he saved a lot of them by warding away the Shinigami with these special words. And he made a lot of money really quickly and he got super rich and greedy. One day, he went to a sick person's house and saw the Shinigami was at the head of the bed and death was imminent. However, the family begged and offered him an obscene amount of money to save the patient. So he's so consumed by greed, he waits for the Shinigami to fall asleep, and then he switches the bed around. So when the Shinigami wakes up, it's now at the foot of the bed, and this saves the person's life. The Shinigami, unhappy with what he did, follows him home and offers to take him out for a drink. Instead, he takes him to this house filled with candles and shows the man his own candle, which is nearly burnt out. He says he can extend his life if he can transfer the wax and wick from, from another candle. <laughs> the man tries, but he accidentally drops his own candle in the process and dies. It sounds so much like another story I heard where you would know if someone was close to death, whether or not they were on the left or the right, behind their left or the right shoulder, and you could only see them like with a mirror or something. And I feel like that was a story that I heard somewhere. I feel like there is a version, a similar version of story like this that was a grim, grim fairy tale. I think grim. And the yeah. man that like he because captured death, and so he stopped people from being able to die. I don't remember That's if that one. That's there, I just one. remember one of the ones that was part of the um, Jim Henson Grimm's fairy tales. They did Greek mythology and Grimm's fairy tales, and they did these like. Muppet style recreations of some of these ancient. It's really familiar. Yeah, I just remember Sean Bean was in one of them. It wasn't in the <laughs> one I'm thinking of. No, but there was there was definitely one that I remembered, and it was like three brothers, uh, and 
each granted a certain item. I can't remember what was like the cloak. That sounds like Harry Potter. Well, Harry Potter and stole from a lot of things. She, Most yes, books do. Yes. Like the cloak, the dagger, mm-hmm. and oh, what was the third thing? Because Harry Potter has the cloak of invisibility. Mm-hmm. He has the wand. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the wand. And it's not a dagger, is it? It's the magician, you know, that tarot card. Makes me want to get on my tarot card. The cup, the, cup, the coin, the wand, and the sword. Yeah. Is the, is the indication of or the mark of the wizard as they have in the, uh, traditional tarot cards. Yeah, he has all of those things represented in his card. So Shinigami, um, we've mentioned Death Note because Death Note is a very common, well-known to date, um, has done a really interesting Bleach recreation. as well, as par- apparently. Yeah, there's there's actually quite a lot of anime out there that really enjoy playing off of other Western ideas and putting their own spin on it. And I really love what they do with it. I mean, mm-hmm. even... Um, it's not relevant, so I'm not going to think of it right now. <laughs> um, another show, a different Western cultural thing they appropriated into this really epic, amazing storylines. And I think they had mech warriors in them and stuff like that. Oh, Mechs are really common in Japanese anime. Though. Yeah, they're cool. There, There's not a whole lot of deep, ancient like history to this. New. It's they're relatively new. new. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty cool, and it's very widely accepted. And it makes perfect sense that it seems to just fit because it mirrors so many other cultures who have a, a similar representation of it mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So based off of the story that I told about our, our Shinigami, we want to get into the taxonomy? Yeah. Okay. Tax. So I reordered things based on your uh, suggestions last time. Oh, good. So uh, the first section is still Occidental, Sub-Saharan, Amerindian, or Oriental. I feel like. This one's also fairly obvious. Yeah, I think this one is is a fairly oriental. Mm-hmm. It is localized out of the Pacific. Yeah, out of Japan. Pacific. Yeah. Is it, okay. Is it just Japan, or does it have a wider reach? I guess if it was in the Edo period, it probably doesn't have a wider reach because it was mm-hmm. a very, if I remember correctly, closed off time. I mean, it would make sense. Maybe I'm wrong. They're and I'm just beginning here. to open, open that bro- their borders to traders. Um, yeah, I would say just localized to Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so our second one now is deity, spirit, ancestor, or hero. I would say spirit. I agree. I don't. I don't think that even though God is in their name, I don't think that they are a a god, except for the fact that they have an enormous power. I think it's a to choose the dead. I but. think Kami is. A, I think God is a loose mm-hmm. interpretation of. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just a loose interpretation or a translation of that word. I, I don't think it necessarily is the right word, but I don't think there's an English right word. So we have Oriental Spirit, Beneficent. Ooh, sorry, I'm hitting my stand. <laughs> beneficent or Ambivalent? Hmm, I would say Ambivalent. I don't think they're necessarily like nice, but I don't think they're mean. Yeah, they're just perfunctory. I think they're just they're, they're, they're facilitating a, yeah. a part of life. Their representation of the cycle, yes, they give you a choice, but you're still gonna go if they take you. Like, yeah, they're still gonna take you if you want to go. And right when your candle's burnt out, it's burnt out. You got no choice at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, societal, liminal, or shamanistic. I really want to say shamanistic for this one. Really, I would say. 
I feel like Death Note has made it more societal, but yeah, I, I feel like a I, shamanistic religion really adopted the idea of a death figure mm-hmm. um, and, and made their own, their own creation of it. Yeah. The Shinigami is very uniquely. Okay. I will give you that. I think it has a societal influence, but I think that at its core, it's shamanistic. Yeah. Okay. Rational, functional, structural, psychological. Psychological, purely psychological. I think that everything about it is sort of developed around this relationship with death. I'm going to my notes about these words just to make sure I'm getting them correct. I think I just burnt my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh no. Oh no. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Are your eyebrows intact? <laughs> no, it's my bangs. They're really long and curly in this oh. one spot. And I think it was hanging out over the flame. Oh. And I couldn't see because I'm not wearing my glasses. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, good. my gosh. Sorry, we're recording. Let's move on. Yeah. Um. So rational is to better understand natural events and forces. Mm-hmm. Functional teaches morality and social behavior. Definitely not functional. Structural demonstrates the man's duality psychological explanation of emotional experience okay i would go somewhere between rational or psychological because technically we can um psychological is about a a current spiritual like experience Mm. and then you die right that's the end of it rational means that you're projecting a thought onto and trying to rationalize this experience you have yet to actually be faced with right I th- yeah no I I think it's both yeah. yeah I think the story demonstrates both um, yeah because it but it because it also gives the impression of a person coming to terms with that experience right that everyone will one day have and and mm-hmm. we, no one knows what what if anything after like, right that's it's a very but it final also thing. provides an explanation about how and the reasons why there's a win so someone dies so it it rationalizes. If it's a young death, old death, traumatic death sort of thing. This one's hitting a little close to home right now, actually. Oh. I had a a friend passed away this week. Oh, my gosh. Just all around very talented musician and cool guy, but Mm -hmm. he had a drinking problem. So, And he had to give it up because it was killing him. And his doctor was like, you either quit drinking or you die. Right. And that was like six years ago. And I know he stayed dry for a while, but the pandemic was really hard. So right. I don't know a lot about the situation. I'm I'm projecting based on past ancient knowledge. Right. But they had a memorial service for him today. I just couldn't bring myself to go to, even though I really wanted to. I just didn't have a lot of space to process before I was willing to be yeah. in public and around a bunch of other people who yeah. shared the same grief. Yeah. So that's hard. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it just it just is like it's it's just interesting to apply now in retrospect the story of the Shinigami to he you know in his own way was faced with the Shinigami at the foot of his bed once mm-hmm. and given a chance to make a different choice. Yeah. And then eventually that changes. I mean, it, yeah, choose to die like this or choose to die mm-hmm. another way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's an, a really fascinating idea around how to the relationship with death Mm -hmm. and when are you when you're willing to go already it's not bad Mm -hmm. and i think that falls in line with shinto i think that's why 
Shinto sort of enveloped this idea of a death personification in this way because Shinto very much death is just a psych a part of life. Mm-hmm. It is something that nobody escapes. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just there's yes. no there's also in Shintoism there's no idea of an afterlife. There's really no description of an afterlife. It's just the present earth that we are on and experiencing. Mm-hmm. Which is an important element of being present in the moment. Yes. Making the most of what you get in this time. Present different perspectives and reflections. I feel like you did that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's the next thing on your slide here. And I think we, we just naturally led into that after we hit the tail end here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a really fascinating cryptid, psychopomp. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- again, not necessarily the evil kind of machinaceous creature that you see in the manga, but there's something beautiful about being able to retell a story and put a spin on it that makes you think of things in a way that you wouldn't have normally. I like yeah. the idea of someone being a human stumbling upon that power right. and understanding the repercussions. And the- I mean, he doesn't take on that power very well. I mean, he's <sighs> already got an ego. I'm or the character light. Mm-hmm. He already has a huge ego because he knows he's smart and he knows he's going to make he's going to breeze through life but he's bored. Yeah. And so he's like, "Okay, I'm going to take care of the world's criminals." Writes all those names and then he's like, "And then I'm going to like sort through everybody and make sure everybody that lives is is honest and kind and hard working." And it's interesting the Shinigami Ryuk asks him, "Well, wouldn't that make you the last bad guy?" And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no, I, but again, I think that that it still tells the story in the same way that Shinto's trying to tell the story. There's choice. Where like Ryuk isn't forcing him to do anything. Right. Exactly. And in fact, is oftentimes there to question his motives and rationale. Mm-hmm. Whether it's to his own ends or not is immaterial. Like he's Shinigami was bored too. Yeah. So I'm going to drop my notebook. See what someone does with it, because whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and chaos ensues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a really good anime is, yeah. is made. Mm-hmm. And manga is written. Yay. Um, so announcements. What is our next episode, Kiki? I'm trying to, I need to mark where I put it in my little, my book thing. Because no, I, I think we were in discussion about it because that's Pride Month. That's right. We did. We're not sure. Okay, so it's TBA. You're just going to have to stay tuned and maybe we'll put a teaser in our little folklore show and tell the two weeks before to let you know because we're on the fence. We have a couple of ideas. Um, It's either going to be one thing or another. (laughs) I'll keep it a surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Because honestly, we're going to end up covering both topics eventually. It's just a matter of where we want to put it. Yeah. So So you guys, I think it's time to say goodnight. I think you guys... I think we're ready. Yeah. We're ready to have a good night. Good night. Good night. Cool. If you have your own taxonomy suggestions for this creature or any of our other creatures, please share. Send us a message on Instagram at toklore.podcast. Or send an email to toklorepod at gmail.com. 
please review us on Apple Podcasts. And rate us on Spotify. It really does help. If you have a suggestion, story, or correction, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, toast toast and peace. All right. Sometimes clever things come out of our mouths and we don't realize it till I go back and re-listen to it and go, oh, that was actually really good. And sometimes I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about?